Hello, and welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. This is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. I'm Emily. And I'm Crystal Lynn. And this week, we're going to cover a pretty exciting topic about history and how well it was written. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so we hope you're doing okay, first and foremost, after this whole eclipse entering into Mercury retrograde energy. That is still the future for us recording here. So we're mm -hmm. just sending love to that. <laughs> Can you hear and so my is dog Jack, apparently. <laughs> Oh, poor guy. I apologize. He just wants attention it's, and I'm giving it to him. Don't worry. If you're watching, yeah. I'm leaning to the side because this is where the dog is and he's getting the scritches right now. And he deserves them. He had he surgery does. last week. He, he was such a trooper. <laughs> <laughs> he had surgery while the moon was in Capricorn and I was just like my poor little Scorpio uh, but it went really well <laughs> poor buddy yeah. yes <clears throat> yeah it was self-inflicted but still mm -hmm. okay <laughs> well of course during the moon in Capricorn he has teeth removed so that was fun right. poor yeah. guy um but yeah we so we hope you're doing good we hope we're doing good we hope <laughs> that everything went well <laughs> We hope that eclipse wasn't quite as chaotic as it looks like it has the potential to be, um, but yeah. you can let us know. <laughs> right? Oh, look, you can almost see yeah. Jack. Oh yeah, yeah there you go. Um, but yeah, please let us know. Let us know in the comments of this video if you're watching on YouTube. Um, let tell us how it went for you. Tell yeah. us how it went for you. Um, and there's not a lot until kind of we hit the next eclipse, really, uh, astrology wise, yeah. right? Yeah. So do, we're kind of for okay for a sec. Yeah, for the next week it settles down a little bit. Um, the sun will conjoin the North node, but we already had the eclipse. So the, mm -hmm. the big punch from that is, is mostly around the eclipse instead. Um, yeah. So just, just hold recover. on you guys. It's going to be all right. <laughs> Hang tight. Eventually. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as Krista mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit about channeled history and misogyny and kind of how history was written a little bit today. Um, this goes hand in hand, obviously, with forgotten storyteller stuff that we do, which is a lot of just creating stories that are high vibration and healing. Mm -hmm. um, but also it's something I've been doing a lot in my personal life. And it's something that we do on the trips that we're taking, which our first one is in like a month. So yeah. um, <laughs> we're going to be doing some channeled history stuff on those trips as well. So we thought we would just talk about it. And it was an episode that was voted on by the patrons. So thank you, patrons. We mm -hmm. appreciate you. Um couple quick announcements just to get out of the way forgotten storyteller pitches are open yes. like please pitch us please come hang out with us please write your book with us we're really excited about it um this cohort's going to be super fun it starts in june i mean it's basically if you have any sort of fiction book idea and you're like i would like to write it but i don't know that's perfect pitch us mm -hmm. that's what that's we want what we're looking for i'm so mm -hmm. excited i had put my my little magnets into a perfect square and i squeezed them and ruined my square because i got that <laughs> excited about pitches so just so you know <laughs> that's how much we love them yes that's yeah, how pitches. great it is yeah, but basically, I mean, the Forgotten Storytellers, we help you write your fiction book in mm -hmm. alignment with your astrology, your spirit guides, and how um, it's kind of equal parts of spiritual program as it is a book writing program. So not only yeah. will you get all the skills to write your book, which you can use over and over and over for the rest of your life to write whatever books you want, but you can also get all of the skills to 
clear out your blocks, live more spiritually, tap into your astrology, all sorts of fun stuff, which you can Conquer also use doubt, over and over and over. Which is a big one. Conquer doubt. Doing. Get yeah. rid of writer's block. We kick that one in the teeth yeah. real fast. Yeah. Um, and make a lot of friends of who stuff. actually get it when you talk about stuff and you have a whole personal group of people who will be there supporting you. Yeah, that's our favorite part. <laughs> We're like everyone we like bonds, <laughs> right? It's it's the coolest thing. So anyway, forgotten storyteller pitches are open. Please pitch us. Mm-hmm. We would love that. <laughs> we would love that so so much. Um, and you can say in your pitch form that you listen to the podcast too, and it makes us super excited. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's talk about channeled history a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Why it's important, I think, is really essential. Um, about Because when we're talking about channeled history, what I at least am talking about um, is speaking to people who lived in the ancient past or the historic, the past in some capacity. It's not, I tend towards ancient, but I've channeled people who are less ancient that live in the center of cowboy country. So, you know, I've talked to a lot of cowboys as well and gamblers mobster guys and stuff it's tahoe um there's casinos <laughs> and things like <laughs> like yeah it's, it's there's, anyway it's tahoe um so i have talked to people in that capacity as well um but usually at least for me it tends towards the ancient past to kind of actually get the stories of what happened there and rewrite a lot of that narrative um because histories are all just history is all just stories it's mm-hmm. all just stories and it's all been written by people yeah um yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> not to quote Doctor Who but I'm definitely going to quote Doctor Who and say we're all just stories in the end anyway so you might as well make it a good one but mm-hmm. honestly maybe the goal should be make it an honest one and maybe be the person that you want to be in your story <laughs> yeah, if history would have been more like that yeah maybe we would have had a better time of uh the way history unfolded Mm-hmm. Jack concurs. <laughs> what I will say with that as well. Sorry, I took a bite of toast. I'm like, no, I, I'm, convinced, <laughs> I'm convinced that uh, my my dad is my dog's favorite person, favorite human being in the entire world. And I'm convinced that he's sensing the proximity of my parents coming to visit to me today. Oh, that's yeah. fair. That's it wouldn't I be the first dog who's been able to do that in our lives. So yeah, mm-hmm. yes. I bet he is. He's oh, such a cutie. Um, but it's important to note too, um, obviously there's archeological research and stuff like that that goes on, but that is also not written by the losers. Most of the time, like even the archeological <laughs> records is written by what people made the most impact on the land, what people were wealthy enough to build the certain things, what people died in certain places, which is also out of our control historically as well. Mm-hmm in a lot of ways, which I'm not trying to criticize the archaeological record, but that's important to think about. Yeah. Well, and like we deal with this in astrology as well. We have mm-hmm. documents that survived because this astrologer was sponsored by the Medicis or something to right. write. We don't know what the Medici said needed to be in that document, but it's what we have to draw from. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you have to read between the lines because the astrologer was trying to tell you what was going on, but had to meet the stipulations of the culture that they were writing for because there was somebody looking over their shoulder. So mm-hmm. it's not always that history is ill-intentioned in the writing, but also I certainly don't have a biography written about me because nobody knows, right? So it's mm-hmm. not written by the people who are living everyday life either. Mm-hmm. Often what we're getting is the whatever society defined as exceptional or extra ordinary or out of like, let's just do like ultra ordinary, out of the ordinary mm-hmm. um, kind of experience. And so what does that tell us about like 
you know, eating bread or, or how they actually had their daily lives. Archaeology does mm-hmm. a good job of trying to get close because you can get more yeah. insights on that. But even still, when you find what's left over, it's the people who were able to afford the things that could last too. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And oftentimes we get records of people who observe people living in everyday life, but not people who are living it with them. Like, especially mm-hmm. pulling on my experience, because I do a lot of channeling with ancient Rome, because that's what I guess I do yeah. now. <laughs> Constantly. And in a really cool way. It's something to be. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. It was thrust upon me though. Just let's be a hundred percent clear. Like yeah. I was not the kid that was obsessed with Rome growing up or anything like that. I've seen the gladiator a total of one half of a time. And so like, it was never something I was into at all. And now apparently that's all I do. So Some we're just going to have greatness thrust upon them. Emily. <laughs> just like, I guess this is <laughs> what I do. But in the case of ancient Rome specifically, um, the people like they did value education very highly, but if you were learning to write, you weren't learning to write. So you could write down your day-to-day life. You were learning to write so you could be a merchant or you were learning to write so that you could communicate with other people, you know, so you could send a letter to your mom that was living, you know, in Greece. And so that you could send her, I mean, like there wasn't a lot of, we're writing to actually write the history sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have characters, like I say characters, cause he is a character in my book, but Pliny, the uh, elder, and he'd come yeah. in and be like, this is how people lived. And he's like, cool, you're writing this from your villa. Like, this is not, mm-hmm. you're observing how people lived. Uh-huh. We're observing how people live when you walk through the common streets. And we do get some good insight there, but it's, it's really hard to actually understand how it actually was. So that's a huge benefit of doing channeled history. It's also like, I will say doing channeled history, even though it's so such a passion of mine, it is very openly critiqued by people, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Critique it if you want to. But that is why I think it's so important is, you look, okay, well, let's grab stories from people who weren't ever going to be able to have their stories told. Mm-hmm. Um, or we get like a very outside perception of their story and dance around it and go. Um, and I personally have an obsession with um, like just normal people in history. I I really, really do. The people who did just the small thing that created the butterfly effect that affected the big things that we would never know about. And so when we, whenever I channel in and tap into someone who's like, oh yeah, I did that. Or I did this over here or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that actually caused a big deal thing to happen. And you have no idea, mm-hmm. like, or you didn't care. Um, which I just think is really important and super duper cool. It's also when, when we were in Rome, we went to Ostia Antica, which this is the coolest ruin ever. It's so cool. Um, it's like Pompeii if Pompeii wasn't buried in ash. That's what it is. So everything is like, oh, there's this huge fresco. You can walk over it. It's cool. And you're like, what? <laughs> okay. You can explore this entire like entire city. It's huge. Just climbing up and down things, going to the different temples. Like it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> but it was really cool to me because it was such a neat glimpse into like actual ancient life and then a lot of the people that I talked to and met there not people incarnated so we're talking about ancient people um you know asking a lot of Ostia redefined what we thought of the Roman world because of what they found there which I thought was really neat but then I was able to like talk to like the merchant who did actually trade with the Viking peoples um which they never thought that they did before but this particular merchant was selling reindeer and we know that because there's a fresco there and I got to be like hey were you actually selling reindeer and he was like yeah (laughs) duh like that's normal I don't know what you're talking about like thinking that we were just stupid I was like okay thanks (laughs) 
Yeah. I won't bug you anymore. My bad. But just like little things like that, where it's just a small everyday things that has the only intact public public toilet in the Western world mm-hmm. from ancient Rome, like those kinds of things where it's like, wow, this is like what it felt like. Um, it's really interesting to talk to people there. The, it redefined what they thought of um, women as far as how women were allowed to bathe because they went, there was multiple bathhouses in Austria, of course. And um, the big one, fancy one, the one the emperor would bathe in when he was there, basically, um, they were like, this is definitely only the men's for years. They were like, this is just obviously just for men, just like all the other fancy, super fancy bathhouses. And then um, the archaeologists came in and they found over 300 hairpins in the drains of this bath and so it's like oh no it wasn't so then when I was I was in my time at Ostia I met a woman at a brothel um she told me it was a brothel she was very abrupt about how it was a brothel it was very much like yeah I had sex over there I had sex over there I was like okay that's nice um <laughs> like go on about your day but she walked with us to the town much to Lacusta's chagrin she was pissed um she wasn't a big fan of hers, not because she has anything against sex workers by any means, but it was just this one particular one she found insufferable and annoying. Um, but she would, you know, narrate different parts of different things, which was really cool to be in that physical place and have that narrated. And it was a whole different color to the history of this place that a lot of people wouldn't have gotten. And I was lucky enough to get it because I was channeling someone in and being like, wow, OK, mm-hmm. like there was this one statue. She's like, that statue was like I'm glad it's missing a head because every time that the guy got a new wife he just carved a new face onto the statue to be like this is the love of my life um I was like that tracks okay so you know just like things like that that like wouldn't happen and Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the huge benefits of channeled history is like those little tiny baby stories you know Mm -hmm. what I mean the stories that oh yeah no one else would gather or know especially when you like I know when I was in Israel I was mm-hmm. on a particular trip that had a particular mission to it. It did. Um, <laughs> and so as we were getting the tour into certain areas that normally you don't have access to, but because we were traveling with a particular person, we had access to these places. Um, I was traveling and talking with a, a person, an energy who is a guide of mine that also mm-hmm. has story there. And so as mm-hmm. we're walking along this road, they'd say, this happened here. And I'd be like, did it? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but not like that. You know, like a lot of um, interesting insight. In Egypt, our mm-hmm. guide was more insightful into um, some uncondition- uh, unconventional uses of certain sites and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they would give us more context about what it was actually used for, but they had to like take us to the corner and say, I can't be overheard telling you this because there were people listening to how the the dialogue was being shared because the government wants tourists to understand a certain Mm -hmm. thing. So it's branding in a sense for them. And Mm -hmm. I would actually channel with this person and say, this is what I'm getting. That's how I stood in that doorway um, Mm -hmm. and got the the special like spiritual name thing that we talk about in our um, intro to Egypt. But I'd stand there and say, this is what I'm getting. And he was able to say, yes, that's accurate to, that's accurate to, uh, <laughs> to what, <laughs> what he knows. Sorry, I just, well. <laughs> I just sneezed off camera. Like I muted it and I sneezed. And Krista just like blessed me with it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> sorry guys. I didn't want to be rude and not bless you, but I didn't want to, like, I knew you were trying to cover it up. I was like, I'm trying to be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. So um, additionally, like I went to Stonehenge once and we had that experience of being able to go inside Stonehenge at sunrise, not on the day of the solstice or equinox or anything, but um, 
I was there and there weren't a lot of people, which was helpful. And I was able mm-hmm. to basically see the shadows of the people who would have been walking among there and kind of see what they were up to, which is a little mm-hmm. less than what the, the, the lore at the time was because history is also pretty lore. <laughs> um, it's all lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got to see like how tall they were and, or weren't, you know, and mm-hmm. it was very interesting to just be like, oh, wow, that's not what I've read or that's not what the documentaries have said or all Mm -hmm. those things and then ideally you find a way to try to validate that experience like one of the things that I always like to point out and that I appreciate Emily as you're doing this is you research your channel history thank you you provide the here's why this is feasible as feasible as anything else or even more so Um, Mm -hmm. the data is helpful in that, you know, knowing what exactly it was and being able to support what you're going to claim as with anything these days is really Mm -hmm. important as well. No, absolutely. And thank you for calling that out. It's really interesting because there is some stuff like even with research, like I'm never going to be able to corroborate that this particular lady did live in this particular brothel. There's no Mm -hmm. record of that. Like I'm never going to be able to do that sort of thing. But what I can do is I can give like a general, like, okay, she said, she, you know, said this house was like house of a rich guy. Let me look at it. Okay. It definitely was. He was the, this guy. Cool. Mm -hmm. That level of cooperation you can definitely do. And you Um, can ask whatever entity you're connecting with. You can say, mm -hmm. Hey, can you give me something to make sure that I can validate what you're saying to me? And they'll give you, Mm -hmm. this was the house of a rich person. And then on the wall, you'll see this was the house of a rich person. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Like, I'm good. Thank you with that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just in like a obscure, you know, I told you guys that it was in the forum on the Ides of March, which I definitely had asked, like, why the heck was everything getting rearranged? Obviously that was that, but I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. so like all of these beings I was channeling in, which at the time I was talking to the Vestal Virgins and they were being really cagey, which I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, that's why it's a respect thing. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So it's like validations like that, that kind of come up. Now there's some things that I'll never be able to validate ever. Like other than the fact that I channeled it, like we were walking down a street and Lacusta was like, I killed someone over there. And I was like, that's nice. It's a bakery. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And she's like, well, it wasn't a bakery then. Like, God, like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, okay, but like, I can't validate that. There's, Rome's been through so many changes. It's a whole lasagna. And I do want to point out, like, you don't have to be in the place to do channel history. Like, I did not have to go to Rome to channel in these beings. You did not have to go to Israel or Egypt. I mean, I've talked to La Custa for years now, um, not in Rome, and yeah. that's fine. I will, whenever um, history does come up, when there's a big archaeological find, like I recently channeled in Cleopatra. And I want to be really clear, I am not super passionate about channeling in um, leaders or big historical figures because honestly they don't have a lot of story to tell I mean they do but it's all just like yeah okay um, a lot of the time it's like yeah okay I get it um, I'm more interested in reclaiming stories of people who had their stories taken them taken from them specifically women minorities um, that means a lot more to me now Cleopatra did in a lot of ways but she was also brilliant as fuck <laughs> so 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 smart um and you know with this news of like oh maybe her tomb was found she was like "Mm, i waited for a woman Mm -hmm. and was just kind of like deadpan and i was like oh you definitely planned this she was like yeah like if if my name was going to live on more than my husband's basically it was what she was going for then i needed to make this a mystery that no one could find me this Mm -hmm. was very intentional like look it's two thousand years later and you're still talking about me like this was on i planned this yeah which is like cool and validating but it's just not always my favorite thing to like reclaim in that way you know what I mean but I do try to to lean into that as well um from time to time 
But and that, that helps because again, it, it exercises your skills because that is something you can get validation on. It is something that mm-hmm. because it makes the headlines, you can say, mm-hmm. oh, cool. I know I'm still accountable. I'm still on a good track with my integrity here. Now the other stuff that I can't always prove as much, I can trust mm-hmm. a little bit more. And, st- and you learn how to research more because you, oh, yeah. you have access to research to these you know larger figures or more prominent in society figures. I will I also say that. though, and I, this is from doing countless research and I'm, you can't see, but I'm literally surrounded by Rome books You're, because I was tearing. I know. He's just like, wow. Okay. There's so many books about Rome around you. Like I have an ancient Roman cookbook up here. Like I'm just like very in, in it. Um, there is very like I love the internet in a lot of ways, but you're not going to get a replacement for books when it comes to researching these things. It's just not. Wikipedia is fine. <laughs> it is, it's very opinionated based on the person that originally wrote the article. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's if you need resources, if you are like interested in doing channeled history store stuff, or if there's a specific period of time, just ask your guides, be like, okay, help me find a book. Um I will also say you will oftentimes find books and be like, okay, this is definitely a good resource. Look at what date it was published. Mm-hmm. Um, not because necessarily everything's changed, but you're going to, it's going to be easier for you to understand the biases that are in the book. Mm-hmm. If you understand what was going on during that time period. So like I have a book around here from, it's about uh, Antonia Augusta, which honestly, it's not a super great resource because there's a lot of assumption that the person is taking like, oh, this is this. So we assume she probably had a villa here and it's like, well, it's not history, but okay. Yeah. Um, but it was like, oh, when was this written? Oh, it was written in 1998. Okay, cool. They really didn't have all of these technologies where we can like, you know, put a machine on the earth and see what's beneath it and do all these different stuff like that wasn't there. So of course there's some assuming that has to kind of come up. Um, And then meanwhile, I have another book, which I love this book. It's such a good resource, but dude is fat phobic so bad throughout this whole book. Um, Like so bad. And I was like, when was this written? Cool. 2014. He should know better by now. So I can like, (laughs) going to criticize that element of it but it's a super helpful resource so just keep that in mind just if you are doing history any sort of research at all like you can't find your astrology stuff outside of text like history stuff is it's in books it's Mm -hmm. in books it's there which is just Um, important to remember and it's also important to remember that the story is malleable one person that you might be channeling is going to give you one side Mm -hmm. another person might give you another side that's how we got history we got one side of the story and we're looking for the other side especially in this context but even that person is going to have biases and all these other things that they have on their own so just be very open-minded to changing Mm -hmm. your perspective like yeah I say this with any influential figure that you tend to um, align with don't Mm -hmm. think that they're like your best friends because they don't know you Mm -hmm. and like don't don't like hook your belief system onto what this one person says, because they're yeah. one of bajillions. Like there are yeah. so many stories out there to understand and you can get multiple perspectives. And I recommend it when you can, unless you're like highlighting a certain person's experience, like with LaCosta. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for like what actually happened, you're going to want to be investigative. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to keep that in mind. And the truth is, um, it's more about the process than it is about the final results mm-hmm. when it comes to channeling people in and talking to them about it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, even if you get what you think is the best version of the truth, there's probably more to it too. So don't be like, I need to know this exact thing because seven different people are going to come in and tell you seven different things about the thing that happened and none of them are going to be exactly accurate. So like, that's the element of it too. So it's kind of like a reconstruction. So it's more about the process than it is about the goal. 
the other thing I want to say on that, because that was a really good point to bring up. Um, and I've actually had a lot of people be like, well, why wouldn't that person know? Like I was talking about how um, the library at Herculaneum, they're like really finally able to read a lot of those scrolls at that library because of the technology that's developed. Mm -hmm. And they're going really slowly because they have to go really slowly um, and read those scrolls and books. But it's probably the only place on the surface of the earth that still would have a copy of Agrippina's biography, which I would die for. I want it so bad. Mm -hmm. um, but I asked her and she was like, I don't know if it's there because it didn't matter to her in life. So she was like, I don't care. Like, I don't know. I wrote it so that like Nero would know what would happen to me if they killed me in exile. Like, I really don't give a shit. It wasn't that important to me, even though it's important to me. So I couldn't get any more information. I tried to talk to librarians. They're like, we don't know. We don't know what's been destroyed and what's not been destroyed because they're still fallible people and it's still their experience. And I think that's really important to notice because people will be like, well, haven't they died and haven't they looked back and seen everything and whatever? And I'm like, no, they lived that truth. Why are they they're not going to go back and be like, okay, well, what's, where's my this and that? And like, yeah. I've watched the entirety of all of earth spin out since then. Like, nope. Yeah. And are, like, if we think about this as they're just like us, are you doing that? Are you keeping right. in mind what someone 2000 years from now is going to need to know about your hair care routine or about, you know, the minutia of your everyday life? Probably not because Hey, I wouldn't want people in my business, especially right now. And what no. I'm going to write down for posterity is going to be something that I want people to know, which may not include embarrassing tidbits about my daily life. So right. if you're, if you think about history is actually reading someone's journal <laughs> instead mm -hmm. of the account of events, um, it, it gets even more intricate. Yeah, it's very intricate. So that is why it's like, no, I can't just channel in and get the answer to this question. I hope that it's there. She said that, like, yeah, it's the right time period. I think there probably was a copy there at some point. And I was like, cool, that's good enough for me because that is good enough because I'm not getting anything else. Like, there's no way I'm going to get anything else from that. Um, so just keeping that kind of thing in mind as well um, with channeled history. And it, that's why it's not it's not an exact science, but it's another way to add layers to our human narrative. And for a while, I was really, really, really struggling with like, why do I want to do this so badly? Yeah. Like, this is something that speaks so much to my soul, but like, what's the point? I had um, a, a very dear friend of mine, uh, their sibling is an archaeologist. They're studying to be an archaeologist. Um, and the reason they're studying to be an archaeologist, which I had a, a conversation with, um, with them about it. And uh, they were like, well, I'm trying to find a way to use archaeological tools to identify skeletal remains from current natural disasters. Um, to help people now um, which I was like that's fucking incredible but they're like yeah I just yeah. don't see a lot of use in you know figuring out how what trades routes worked across North America 10,000 years ago like that doesn't matter very much to me and it kind of caused a little bit of an existential crisis for me because I'm sitting there like, like yeah that's but all I'm doing is that like what like that matters mm -hmm. so much to me but why and I was really struggling with that for a while and I finally came to the conclusion of like oh it's reparenting. It's the same reason you do uh -huh. inner child work. It's just doing inner child work for our history. That's why it matters to me. Because if I channel in and I get these stories, even if I don't write them down, even just if I'm just the one person that they tell, that creates a ripple that changes the dynamic of the energy on planet because finally their story has actually been connected to in some way, even if it's not a big way, it's just some little tiny way. And that actually is a version of reparenting. And the more that we can do that, the more we can gather these stories, the more we can experience something that hasn't been experienced for thousands of years and actually just acknowledge that like, okay, I see this, I see you. Thank you for sharing that. 
that creates actual changes the same way that reparenting your inner child does, um, which kind of renewed my spirit into that space as yeah. well. And that's so that's appropriate why, for anyway. right now. We need that. As, yeah. Like society needs reparenting. Yeah. It just yeah. does. <laughs> that's what we're doing. That's that's Full the stuff. goal here with, with channeled history stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's very interesting because there is time periods where I've chatted a little bit with the people people who've come forward to me um that have passed you know from those time periods people that uh, I've wanted to just be like hey could you just tell me about this really quick but I haven't yet done the research to back up a lot of it so I don't always um come forward and say like this 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 and this I kind of throw it in a journal and I'm like cool thank you like later on when I have time to dive into like this specific pocket of world history at this specific time, I can chat about it. Sometimes though, I will say in readings and stuff, I will have guides be like, oh, I lived here with them in this. And like, we're doing past life stuff, or um, even if we're not doing past life stuff, but it's just like a, perhaps a deity that walked on planet during a certain time. They're like, oh, I walked on planet over here. This is why this would happen. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Awesome. And I usually take that as pretty solid validation. If I'm channeling someone else's guide and that comes in, I'm like, okay, awesome um but unless i research it i don't usually talk too terribly much about it so know that like when stuff comes up that i am doing channeled history wise it's usually mm -hmm. because there's some sort of bearing that i've at least gotten some level of validation with my channeling because i think that's important i think so too i think validation i mean again a lot of people will remember a couple months ago now i posted about like who my major influence as an intuitive was growing up and it was john uh -huh. edwards and the thing yeah. that i really loved was uh there was like a three-word phrase that he always said it was communicate appreciate validate mm -hmm. boom and do the same thing with history do the same mm -hmm. thing with any energy you connect with do the same thing with an energy whether it is previously living has never lived or is currently living I think we should yeah. do that all the time. And I think that was actually one of the things he would end crossing over with would be like, remember with all of your loved ones here or on the other side, communicate, appreciate, validate. Wow. I did not know that that was like a core memory for me, but there it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's very sweet. I also just like fun. If you want, if you're like, I'd love to talk to people in the ancient past. Cool. It's like the same thing as talking to your guides. Um, just have more boundaries. You know, just be like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this. And you can do it through channeled writing. You can do it through your just knowing sense. So you can do it through images. I mean, there's a million different ways, the same way you would talk to your guides. So there's like that premise there. Um, I will say though, one of my favorite things to do, if you are watching a history documentary in any capacity about a certain time period, ask for either someone who really didn't like the main focus of the documentary or someone who lived during that time or whatever to come watch it with you. Because the narration you will get is the phenomenal. Commentary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or you can get what happens to me and LaCosta will just turn it off if she hates it. Like mm -hmm. just straight, like my husband's seen it too. He's been like, oh, LaCosta didn't like this Roman documentary. <laughs> nope. Nope. Funny thing though. She actually, this is so funny. This is so random. Um, so a long time ago, I watched Spartacus, the show when I was recovering from my abuse and I was like really needing shows. Um, and so that was like one that I just kind of like gravitated towards and just watched. It's awful. Like, let's just be a hundred percent. It's not a good show. I mean, it's fine, but it's like whatever. Um, but I was like, I'm going to watch this again. And, and like, Hester was like quiet the whole time. I was like, oh no, like what's going to happen? Like, I just watched the first episode just kind of to poke fun at her to be a hundred percent honest. Cause I'm like, it's so, it's so wildly extravagant. Um, and it's right after she, she passed, like, well, technically she was like kind of still alive during that time. Like it's like right in her time period. 
um, that Spartacus, the whole Spartacus rebellion happened. And um, she was kind of quiet. And at the end of it, I was like, what do you think? She's like, well, you know how you watch that trashy reality television? <laughs> I was like, yeah. She's like, this is that. I was Aww. like, okay. So I just thought that was funny. So just to highlight, highlight that. Cool. Yeah. Um, but that is a wonderful, it's, it's super fun. It's super duper fun to, to do that with, with people. And I mean, follow your interests. If you're really interested in a specific time period, chat to people from that time period. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to be there. But that being said, we are going to be in some very fun ancient places <laughs> over the next um, That being said, you time. could be. <laughs> that being said, you could be. I mean, yeah, I think currently the trips that we have up are all sold out but stay tuned um for more information of other stuff that is maybe probably coming very soonish mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um that being said if you are going on either the island greece or egypt trip we're doing a lot of channel history stuff remote viewing stuff talking to the beings that are there or were there stuff too so that's going to be particularly fun mm -hmm. yeah. particularly fun cool um and if you want to channel in a story and you feel like this resonates with you a lot and you want to write it down in a fiction book Pitch the Forgotten Storytellers. Yes, please do. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing if there's any questions in the Patreon because something that our patrons get to do is ask us questions, um, which is awesome. Cool. I'm not seeing any. Oh, wait. Hold on. No, I think we're doing good. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> makes sense. We'll probably have a lot of questions next week after the eclipse and Mercury retrograde and all those things. But if you want to be able to ask a question and you want to make sure that we do see it and we will be able to address it, that's the best way to do it. Um, mm. People in Patreon get to ask us questions, vote on, on uh, topics for podcasts and all these things. And plus, we just really like being able to see you guys there. Uh, you guys are the coolest, sweetest people ever. So, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That's a, a really great way, way for us to be able to answer your questions. Yeah, we love that too. It's super duper helpful. Oh, um, someone did ask something. Oh, uh, sorry. Just really, really quick, uh, which I see. Um, this oh, is actually retrograde already in action. I know. I don't know why it like unorganized my post. I scrolled from oh. the top down and then I got to a more recent post and there was a question which made no fucking sense, but we're, we're there. Interesting. Um, uh -huh. um, Positive waves to move through anger. Let it wash through oh. me if it was, if it um, wants to consume me or put a lid on it or just let it boil over, question mark. I'm realizing and learning about healthy boundaries that I have been letting anger be my protection for too long and I'm exhausted. Any tips? Yeah, this is so fascinating. I was just talking to Great one of my question. regular clients about this on Friday because there's two ways you can go about this. The, my first instinct is witness the anger, interview the anger, ask the anger what it's actually there for, what it needs, and then address those needs. But at the same time, process the anger. I know a lot uh -huh. of us, myself included, when we're going through a hard time, we are so focused on avoiding feeling things that we don't want to feel. Even if we're like, I'm witnessing my feelings. I know it's there. I know mm -hmm. why it's there. It still needs to move through you. Because when mm -hmm. we don't process something, we don't get to learn from it. And also in a more tangible way, it could become trauma. It could be yep. a repeated thing that then makes us uncomfortable the next time and the next time and the next time. Like I said, I was just bringing this up this, this week. And of course, with my clients, we do astrology, but also channeling. So I've got kind of called out uh, with this client. Mm -hmm. It was one of those clients that reflects things at you that you're also mm -hmm. going through. And it was just like, you're holding space for a lot of other people. You're trying to be fair. You're trying to be nice. You're trying to be sweet or whatever. Like also ask yourself why you can't show that anger. Mm -hmm. 
if there's that's a what good i was reason, gonna say yeah if there's a good mm-hmm. reason fine but find a way to process it find a way to give it an outlet find a way to to let it through and release it so yeah. it's kind of a both and situation you want to mm-hmm. feel it you want to interview it you want to ask it what's going on give it a name if you need to to give that that separation but then at another point you need to bring it back into you and you need to yeah. let it be a part of you because it was and it is mm-hmm. I fully agree with that. The other thing I would always say too is if it is a source of protection, what is it protecting and how can you fortify that area? How can you help that area? Is it just you? Is it your your core beliefs? Is it something you don't want to let go of? Like, what is it protecting? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes with anger, if you identify what it's protecting and validate that space and make that space really strong, you'll notice the anger starts to go away naturally if it is mm-hmm. a protection defense sort of situation. Yeah. And what that looks Mm -hmm. like is you can literally see, um, you can literally say I'm angry. And if there's someone with you, you can start ranting to them because when you say I'm angry, can you just listen to me for a second? Start talking about all the things that make you angry. Talk about the first thing, the second thing. And then by the third thing, that's probably what you're actually angry about. So you can do this thing. It's called the five whys. And you just say, this is a statement. Why? And just be a kid and ask yourself why, by the time you get to that fifth, why you've uncovered what the source is. And it's yeah, really you're deep, helpful. deep, like yeah. you're deep, deep yeah. by that fifth Y. So, yeah. Don't want to leave you hanging on the, like, feel your feelings. How to do that is mm-hmm. interview yourself, figure out the source mm-hmm. and then address the source. I will also say too, oftentimes we think it's anger and then we get into mm-hmm. it and it's not anger. <laughs> it's, it's usually fear. I mean, it's very, or, or, or honestly, like sadness too. Yeah. Like there's like a loss. Rejection, feeling that comes in. Re- resentment mm-hmm. can be one that builds up a lot. Yeah. And I, so, when I work with theta healing and with even in uh, integrated energy therapy with people who have like physical ailments that we're working through, resentment gets so stuck in the body. Oh, God. Yes. It very much does. Yesterday I did a two hour long breath work workshop. It was great. Mm-hmm. Love breath work. Big fan. Um, <clears throat> But uh, that was a big one. It wasn't resentment necessarily, but it was like one specific breathing session we did and it was to unleash stuck emotions. And it was so interesting because you'd go to breathe out and your breath would get stuck in a certain part in your body and you'd have to do it again and again and again until it stopped getting stuck there, which is just like, that's the level, like you get a physical response to stuck emotions. That's the level they stick at. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, and this just goes to show there are multiple ways to do it. We've listed about yeah. three, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So sending love there. Absolutely. And we do have some other questions on this post, which we can answer next time. Yeah. Um, but thank you all so much for listening and tuning in. Please give us your thoughts on channeled history and your thoughts on anything we talked about here um, today. We hope you're okay. After the eclipse in the Mercury retrograde, take things slowly. That's how Mercury retrograde works. You need to take things slowly. Mm-hmm. That's usually like the breaking of things is usually to make you take things more slowly. So yeah. um lean into that and of course if you want to join our patreon we'd love to have you there Mm -hmm. Uh, but we hope that you take all of this energy this little break of big astrology stuff and you go make go make some magic Mm, i like it okay if you like it i like it we're in this together (laughs) i love it